2: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. So behind that peaceful countenance, Evil there's, there's there's Evil uh, they're up to no good. Not huh? only they're peaceful, Patrick, but they're really, really stupid. Uh, there's <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Unsolicited advice we deem important. You, on the other hand,
0: might not. Information so good, you're encouraged to write that down. From Mackey and Judd. All right, gentlemen, it's our weekly accountability session. And our three predictions each. Uh, Dave Harrigan was gone last week. And Jonathan Harrison filled in to rave reviews and swung for the fences with every single prediction.
3: I remember I was actually listening because I wanted to hear what you guys were predicting. And I was blown away. By the gutsy effort he put forth.
0: Uh it was it was very impressive. In fact, we'll just do a little recap of uh, it was bombs. And you know, some guys would come in, they'd try to get on base, maybe drop a little bunt down the third baseline. He was Aaron Judge. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He swung and missed, but you know what? That's fine. It was a well, he may BP have swung and missed. Well, no, I just say at least one he swung and missed on. I remember. I don't remember what the other two were. Maybe
0: he hit a bomb or two. I don't know. Yeah. His predictions were <laughs> uh Teddy Bridgewater will not. Play this season. He parlayed this, and Case Keenum will sign with the Jets on a three-year deal. It's a great prediction, which yep. could happen. Yep, he said the Twins will not. Uh, the Twins will sign Yu Darvish, and they will trade a prospect to get more international free agent money to sign <laughs> Shohei Otani. <laughs> And then he said Wis- Wisconsin will will run the table and go undefeated even beating Ohio State in the Big 10 championship game but they will still not make the college football playoffs. <laughs>
1: there was a batting practice display oh, of which man. we there there were balls flying out over the scoreboard. Write it down, Target you like field. writing things down. The left field scoreboard, the big one. <laughs> yes. Good luck
3: with great. the Wisconsin one after last Saturday. Unfortunately, that was a that was a tough beat for him. A lot of
0: you know, with you know, Alabama, Alabama going Alabama down, losing, Miami and, getting, and Miami lost yeah. on Friday. That's
1: right. Hours after his prediction, the Hurricanes lost to Pitt. Yeah, that made it pretty tough. Uh, so here's what we
0: have for the accountability session, where we actually do keep track of predictions and uh, and hold each other accountable. I had a few come off the board in a bad way. I said Chip Kelly would be the next coach, according to a source right. <laughs> high up in college football. <laughs> That's right that Chip Kelly would be the next head coach at Arizona State. Uh, I think UCLA jumped him on that one, and they wind up with Herm Edwards instead. Um, I said Gophers football would win at least two of its last three games and that the Gophers' best quarterback this season would be better than Mitch Leidner in passer rating, touchdowns, and completion percentage. This was a lot closer than you would have thought. Connor Roda actually had a better passer rating than Mitch Leidner, last season Mitch Leidner. Mm-hmm. But he fell short by just a few touchdowns, by four touchdowns, and his completion percentage was just a couple percentage points worse than Mitch Leidner's.
3: Not that the prediction was horrible, but can we point out that the two out of three wins to end the season prediction was actually met with two out of three shutouts? That is I mean, correct. That's impressively done. It is, that's yeah. a very sure.
0: nice beat. After winning the first one, <laughs> yeah. to open up, you know, potential here for the next they two games.
3: Don't score a point for eight quarters.
0: Yep. Uh it was bad news for everybody else in this segment as well. Judd said go for football would finish 6 and 6 on the year. And that Marvin Lewis would be fired from the Bengals by December 1st. What's the date today? It's December first. Unless he gets gassed today, that's
1: yeah, I don't know. That's off the board. Probably not going to happen. It's not going to happen.
0: Dave said, "Go for football on October 27th." He said, "Go for football would win at least two more games this season." And he predicted a couple weeks ago that he would no longer be in last place after the Week 11 NFL picks.
1: It's amazing. Uh, Despite back to back five and zero weeks, right? Not back Two back out of to the back. last three. Yeah. Okay, still.
0: Dave pulled within like a game wow. of, of being out of last place. It was but. after that first five and 5-0 oh, I you, was
3: feeling my oats a little you bit. You came then. very close,
0: though. Yeah. Uh, so let's get started here. All right. Oh, batting averages. I'm sorry, because we're getting down there with only slugging a month to go in the season. Uh, Judd is sitting at 273 on the year with a 373 slugging percentage. So, I don't know, very, uh, very slap hitter-esque of Judd. I'm uh, sitting at 387 with a 672 slugging percentage, which is very good, but not as good as Dave hitting 404 with a 673 slugging percentage. So Dave leads narrowly in slugging and also narrowly in batting average. 404? 404. Can I sit out the rest of the season so I keep it above 400? You could make predictions this point forward for 2018 good, and beyond, ooh, but you I still like have a that. bunch that are on the board that could come off in 2017. So you could, you could, yeah, you could ramp it down. You've done all your work. Bring, Don't
1: bring back Jonathan. That's all I gotta say.
0: Listen, hey, I, he was Dave has bond- swung Dips? for the
1: fences more than anyone on
0: this show, including Jonathan, over the course of the eleven months. I'm so. going with Jonathan. I love it.
1: Write
2: it down. You like writing things down. Write go? this down.
1: Fire away. All right. I will start with tomorrow night's Big Ten championship game, and I will tell you that Ohio State will beat Wisconsin in that game. Ohio State is going to beat the Badgers tomorrow night. The Badgers are going to be handed their first defeat of the season playing a Buckeyes team, and that is going to help throw this whole system into complete chaos, and it's going to be awesome. Okay. Ohio State wins.
2: Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down.
1: Because of Judd's
3: last comment, I'm going to stick it to you. Not only are you going to lose that prediction, I will win it, because the Badgers
0: will beat Ohio State in it. the Big Ten championship game. Fair a little enough. little head-to-head right there. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, what will have if the Badgers if they beat Ohio State, they have a chance like a legit chance to win the national championship. I think I don't think That'll they'll be end. favored in any of their games that they play, but yeah,, uh, but they'll be uh, on the doorstep there. So
2: write it down. you like writing things down?
0: uh, write this down. We'll stick with the college football weekend here. Auburn, which is now ranked number two in the country and uh, the two seed in the college football playoff, Auburn will lose to Georgia and fall out of the college football playoff. So the high that they experienced in their win over Alabama, it will all come crashing down. Auburn will lose to Georgia and fall out of the college football playoff for next week. All right. Write it down.
2: Write it down? You like writing things down? Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember
0: that then.
1: We discussed this a couple days ago, so I'm going to put this in the write-that-down docket. Eli Manning will play for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tom Coughlin next season. Mm -hmm. Eli Manning will end up with the Jacksonville Jaguars as their starting quarterback and that great defense next season. It makes a lot of sense. It definitely makes it's a lot of sense. sense.
0: Uh, yeah. I wonder if like, cause he'll have to be traded for, I think he, there's still a couple years left of contract. Or there. released, yeah. Yeah, I
1: guess they could he release could him
0: and eat all that money, but they'll probably, I wonder if they would just take a, maybe even a fourth or a fifth round pick or something for him
2: at this point. Write this down.
3: Write that down. I don't have a pencil.
0: Well, remember that. Glitchy button bar. That's fine. fine. Uh, Mm -hmm.
3: We are not going to have to worry about the who's going to be the quarterback thing after this Sunday's Vikings game because immediately following the game in his press conference, Mike Zimmer will make it very clear that Case Keenum will be starting again week 14 in Carolina.
0: So uh, we need some clarification here. So you're saying after the game is over, or you're saying like on the, the Monday press no. conference? So Case after Keenum's going to start in Carolina.
3: In the Sunday post-game press conference this coming Sunday, he will say, and by the way, next Sunday my quarterback will be Case Keenum.
0: Okay. okay. So Case Keenum will start against Carolina. Zimmer will say so on Sunday. Correct. That's fair enough? Okay.
3: All right. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then.
0: If this was a home game, Judd could probe by asking the question, but it's a road game. So if he doesn't get asked I the question— ask about yeah. Then you might be out of luck. He yeah. might be thinking it, but he has to. It's a parlay. It's a parlay. I, I think we know the question you. will be asked. Uh, write this down. Can't help you. We're uh, we're all on the same wavelength here with quarterback stuff. Eli Manning, Alex Smith, and Case Keenum will all be on new teams in 2018. All right. Eli Manning, Alex Smith, and Case Keenum will all be on new teams in 2018. Write it down.
3: Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. Go for a home run. Predict the teams. Let's go here.
1: Ooh. All right. Let me think here. Wait, wait. What? What is it? If he gets that right without predicting the teams, are we talking double or triple? Oh God, I'd say double at most. It's a double. Like yeah. I mean, all right. it's, it's, I mean, Eli. All, yeah. All, you know, yeah I'd go say there. Do you um, want to go for the uh, four total bases? I may here? replace my third
0: prediction with. Let me. Let me think on this. Another right. round here. Okay. You. Okay. Yeah. That's tough.
1: Write this down. The seemingly uh, floundering Minnesota Wild will make a move before the season is over and trade Eric Stahl. They will get Eric Stahl to waive his no trade, and they will deal him to a team that has a better playoff hopes than they do as they try to accumulate uh, draft picks and or young talent. The Wild will trade Eric Stahl before this season is over. So
0: this will be kind of a wave-the-white-flag move. They haven't done that in a long time.
1: Yeah, and I'm on the border. I'm I'm still not sure if I think they're a playoff team or not, but I get closer to thinking they might not be, and uh, it's very logical at that point to trade a guy like Eric Stahl. Hmm.
3: Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. As you know, my favorite predictions like to be about the two of you. Here we go. Coming up in Stuff You Should Know About in about 20 minutes, I have a five-question quiz prepared for you boys. Mm-hmm. Putting your heads together, you will at best get three out of the five correct, and
0: these are very fair questions. So we're going to combine for for fewer than three. Y-
3: you will get three at best. You will do 60% out of the five questions at fewer. the very, very best.
0: Okay. Thanks for the vote of confidence. Is it sports related or what are we talking it about It is. Here?
3: It is very much sports related. I will give you more details when we get to it. But it is, uh, I, I did not provide the questions myself, but I found the quiz and I believe you two will not do well. So okay. it's questions
1: and stuff as opposed to questions and questions. I'm very confused. Don't overthink Write it.
2: Write it down. You like writing
1: things down. Very confused at what you're doing right now. Write this down. Final prediction of the week. I'm going to, I'm
0: going to parlay it, but I'm going to hedge by putting it into a second, like a different prediction here. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Jaguars Broncos Browns specific to Eli Manning Alex Smith Case Keenum
3: Eli to the Jags Alex to the Broncos and Case, Case is on the Browns. To the so, Cleveland Browns. Oh, Case
1: is going to follow the best year of his life by going to with the Browns. Yes, in how fact, much do you you do hate him?
0: In fact, they'll they'll bring him in and they'll it'll, it'll give him a chance to sit to Sean Kaiser. Just let him oh take my. a breather here for a couple years. Oh, poor Case. And they can and then they can draft a quarterback in the fourth round. <laughs> Case Keenan to the Cleveland Browns for a lot of money. They're going to have money to spend, a lot of money. Oh, two thousand eighteen. And that'll be the end of Case Keenum. That's the last we'll ever hear of Case Keenum. But hey, you know, take the money and run, I guess. Uh, So there it is. Our write that down predictions and an accountability session. One of our favorite segments every week. Uh, Let's come back here. The twin there's there's some interesting twins news that came out yesterday about shakeups in the minor league system, shakeups with things behind the scenes. It's probably not going to get a ton of pub, but it definitely matters. Mackie and Judd on this game show Friday.
2: Judd Show rolls on.
1: That's right, sports fans.
2: This is 1500 ESPN.
0: Uh, I, I was just telling Judd off the hair. We So we're, we're hammering out uh, Touch em All Twins podcast episodes, and we got like 12 minutes into a Shohei Otani episode yesterday, and you can listen to it. It's really in the weeds about the posting process and the teams that make sense. But we spent like the first 10 or 12 minutes just explaining the posting process and and why this is different than other posting processes and <laughs> and I and we as soon as we got done with it and we have yeah. another one coming out about uh, five or six closer trade candidates to get that the twins should sure. go after yeah, that's when that's gonna that's coming out I think today uh, but we got done with the episode and we're getting like complaints about it on Twitter yeah that was a really boring episode like uh, we we're sorry. Do you know what the problem it's, is? Like baseball's got a lot of boring
1: process aspects to it. You know, the Otani conversation's difficult because you don't know where exactly to start. Yeah, because he can't get because he can't really get paid. You've got all these teams that ordinarily w- wouldn't be going near him now involved. You don't know if he's going to pitch, hit, or both. It's it's a confusing conversation because there's about eight different starting points for him.
0: Yeah, so we were trying to explain all those things and the
1: start and the posting
0: process. Yeah, and it just. If if we could do it all over again, we we would have uh, I don't know we probably would have made it more hot takey I guess. But go it's it's I'm not trying to say don't listen to it. It's a good it's a great it's a fun podcast. It's the best podcast. It's the best twins <laughs> podcast. podcast. Everybody loves the podcast. Uh, it does the biggest numbers except those who don't. Except for the, the the other failing twins podcasts out there, fake news twins podcasts. So the twins continue their shakeups behind the scenes. Earlier this year, it was well the the big shakeup a year and a half ago was firing Terry Ryan and then. And then the new uh, tandem comes in. But they, they made a bunch of behind-the-scenes scouting changes. Remember, we did a bunch of segments on this this Daniel Adler that they hired, this analytics guru from the NFL and from an Ivy League school. And yep. uh, they made a bunch of scouting shakeups. Now it's on to minor league coaches. Yes. So Doug Mankiewicz out. We knew that. Yes. It sounds like Mike Quaddy their AAA manager out,
1: and Jake Maurer out. So, like, all of their AAA managers out. Quadi's going to uh, uh, go from AAA Rochester manager to roving outfield instructor. How about that? Joel Lapel, a longtime employee, is going to switch from minor league field coordinator to an undetermined role, which probably is in the basement with a stapler somewhere. Tommy Watkins is going to go from a Class A Cedar Rapids manager, it looks like, to double-A Chattanooga, which is why Jake Maurer is now going to decide. And then the interesting thing, and this is where watching the Twins go from a Motel 6 to a Hilton is interesting, Bob McClure... Hired for the newly created role of senior pitching advisor.
0: Yeah, longtime respected major league pitching coach. Right, but if
1: this doesn't, and they're still, and they are still going to hire a a minor league pitching coordinator. Yeah, so now they basically are bringing in a guy to try and tie the whole thing together.
0: Yep. So these moves, everything they've done in the last six to twelve months behind the scenes, all the changes, scouting, these minor league shakeups with Doug Minkiewicz being out, Jake Mauer now out, Mike quaddy being out. This is all about pitching. All about pitching. Since Johan Santana left 10 years ago, here's a list, best I can tell, of the best starting pitchers the Twins have developed internally or traded for as they were minor leaguers and then they came up. This is a list of the best pitchers the Twins have developed internally, a combination of their ERA, post Johan, and also uh, like how durable were they and how much did they pitch. All right. Scott Baker. Injured Francisco Liriano, Kyle Gibson, Nick Blackburn, Scott Diamond, and Jose Barrios. That's all they have to show in the last 10 years of guys that they have developed internally through their pipeline.
1: Okay, Derek, read that list again, please. Sure. Baker. Scott Baker. Yep. Injured Francisco Liriano. Who they didn't really develop. They got they got him in development from San Francisco. They deserve credit, like some credit, but yeah. Yeah, but not, yeah. not all of it. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Gibson.
0: Okay. Nick Blackburn, Jose Barrios, and Scott Diamond. Now, Derek Falvey comes from an organization, the Indians, that takes hidden gems and turns them into stars. Hidden gem off the scrap heap Corey Kluber, Cy Young Award. Uh 23rd round pick Cody Allen, closer. Uh Carlos Gutierrez, or I'm sorry, uh, that's a a twin throwback. Carlos Carrasco, uh, international free agent as a teenager from Venezuela finished fourth in Cy Young voting this last year. So Derek Falvey comes from an organization and a set of processes and a development system that pumps out gems, whether you were highly touted or whether you were a 23rd round draft pick. The Twins over the last 10 years can't even get their first and second round picks to the major leagues. Or if they do, they're like borderline number five starters. Yes. So all of these moves, Mike Quaddy, all these minor league managers – Yes, the position players are—the young core is intact, and I'm not saying that everyone who's been booted from the organization is worthless. Like, they've they've done a good job with position players for the most part. But even there, there's some flaws. Like, Aaron Hicks thrived somewhere else. Yeah. And so this is all about pitching. It's about finding ways to take hidden gems, turn them into stars, and get first-round, second-round pick talent, Cole, the Cole Stewart's, to be rosterable.
1: And so— uh- Kluber is a great story too, because Kluber was a guy who the Padres gave up on. Basically, yeah, they, they said they told uh, C- Cleveland that you can have him, and I am sure what these guys are going to guard against is is and they're right. They don't want to go out and make trades for guys who, who are on the scrap heap of of different teams and bring them here and not develop them. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, the Kluber the Kluber example is what ma- what makes this game so important, which is okay. If you have a pitcher who you sort of like, but you're like, he's not going to develop, we'll th- throw him in a trade. If you're Falvey, you're banking on the fact that you're smarter. And the only way to do that is to have people internally that can take that guy and say, okay, here's three things that are currently wrong. If, yep. But if we switch those three things, we've got a, a potential one, two, or three start.
0: Yep. The best analogy I can come up with, we do this all the time on the Touch em All podcast with Wetmore. We talk about prospects and draft picks in baseball and this is the case in any sport but in baseball in particular they're all lottery tickets so you've got you know 40 or 50 draft picks in any given season and maybe that let's let's just isolate it down to a first round starting pitcher that you draft a cole stewart or a kyle gibson or uh a shooter hunt who never made it a who is that other high school kid from fort myers that uh, hudson boyd uh-huh. who never made it guys like that All of them have a percentage on their head. Percentage chance they become an ace, percentage chance they become a solid rotation guy, and then percentage chance they just don't make it to the major leagues. Uh Well, I think the last 10 years, the Twins are operating. Let's say that uh, Kyle Gibson comes into the Twins organization in 2009, 2010, and because... The Twins' system and pipeline for development for pitching is one of the worst in baseball the last 10 years. It's a fact. It just is. Like, look at their ERAs the last 10 years. Maybe his percentage chance to become an ace with the Twins upon entering is 15 or 20%. So, like, virtually almost no chance. But if he were to come up through the Rays organization or... Cleveland or or St. Louis, maybe that fifteen percent is more like a thirty five or forty percent. And you have to increase the percentages on on those lottery tickets. And where
1: last year helps you is this: how many guys like Falvey looked at Gibson last year and said, "It's too late now." But he's like it's, thirty now, right? But but my point is, they they probably look at him and say, "If we go back and project what would have happened if we had gotten our, our hands on him at twenty four, that that." the ability to be an ace might have been there. It's too late now to get that. But these guys look at that, I'm sure, and say, okay, what can what can we do so that, that this process that the, this team, this franchise has been going through for years doesn't repeat itself? What I find to be so interesting about this whole thing, though, is watching them sort of subtly in some ways tear this thing apart to build it back up. Yeah. E- even as they're having success, you can see they're adding positions, they're hiring for jobs that didn't exist. They're changing existing jobs. And and as much as Twins fans out, out there now, and it drives me crazy, you're like, I hope Minkiewicz is okay. Jake Mowers are great. Okay, they might be great people. That's not yeah. the point. The point is these guys are very smart, and they look at all these jobs, and they look at the job everyone is doing and say, we can't gift jobs here. We, it can't because, because you're Joe's brother. We can't give you a job. The Twins gifted jobs I know. for a long time. They did for a long time
0: instead of creating a fair and competitive environment where you should be looking to innovate and looking to to pull ideas from outside. I mean, they just they just really didn't do that for a long time. And that more than anything else is the indictment on the poll ad ownership group that uh, we focus on on this show. And. Here it is. Like, they're just like, look at all the changes the last year that they've made behind the scenes. William and even didn't sign any free agents. They literally just like stripped out the entire scouting and co- minor league yes. coaching pipeline. Yes. And that's the important thing. They're cleaning can- up the house is what they're doing. Right. And then eventually, maybe they'll add uh, a free agent pitcher, but. That's not the thing that's going to pull the like franchise. But we like these people, Phil. Yeah,
1: we like the Mowers and McCabe. I like Jake
0: isn't... Mauer too. I mean, I I don't yeah, know Doug McAvers the... that well. I like Jake Mauer, and I, sure. but I couldn't tell you if Jake Maurer is a great my, because just because Jake Mauer managed Jorge Polanco and Miguel, so no, doesn't mean he was a but. But then again, maybe this is a mutual parting of ways sure, too. I don't know.
1: Sure, but but the bottom line is this: don't complain about the lack of success. And then complain about the changes made to be successful. Yeah. Like you can't have both ways.
0: Yep. Dave, what kind of stuff should we know about next?
3: Well, you know there's going to be a very important quiz with a lot writing on it. We will also hear from Rob Gronkowski and talk about the latest in the Tiger Woods Redemption Return to the Course saga. Becky and Judd are back.
2: Okay, let's not scare the children. On
3: 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by KFC. Get your family the gift of a $20 up from KFC. You put it on the table instead of under the tree, but they'll still love it. KFC, it's finger licking good. (gasps) Woo! In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware
2: of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff
0: you should know about. I'm excited for this quiz, Dave Harrigan. Do you want to start with it? Sure, let's get get a point off the board here. All
3: right, well, put the computers away because I don't want any cheating going on here. ESPN.com, I discovered this yesterday. Our very own friend Kevin Seifert put this together. He is the guru of all things officiating. Judd's already chuckling for some reason. Did you already go through the quiz, Judd? No, no, Uh, I really didn't. It's a a five-question quiz. There's actually six, but one doesn't really work. It's more of a visual thing you'd need to see. So I just stole five questions from the quiz. It's about obscure rules in the NFL, and if you guys are as smart as Ed Hockley and the rest of the guys that officiate the game on a weekly basis. So are you ready for your five-question quiz to see how well you know the NFL rulebook?
0: Yes. Uh, As ready as we'll ever be, Dave. Yep.
3: All right. What is the one way a team can attempt a field goal without having to worry about the opponent's rush.
0: Attempt a field goal without having to worry about an opponent's rush. Wow. Um So like a field goal where they are the opponents aren't on the like, field? Correct. The opponents cannot rush the kicker. They are not even in the way. Ooh. I have no idea
1: I'm trying to think of any given scenario that would does Seifert
0: know these too or is he, is he bragging or is he just
1: finding these?
3: Well, perhaps he had to consult the NFL rule book, yeah. but this actually happened a few years back. The Packers did it.
0: And there was no I don't know. But well, we're going to have to we're nah. going to have to get pretty hot here. We're going to have to Okay. Yeah, let's give us I a I really a
3: thought you guys would get this one, buzzer. but I guess we'll have to hit the big buzzer. Yeah. Uh you can do it immediately following a fair catch. Say, oh, that, I, say a team punts uh, near the end of a half, you fair catch it. You can say, "I want to kick a field goal from the spot of the uh, catch," and you will not be rushed. You can simply have a holder down. Packers tried it with Mason Crosby on a ridiculously long field goal seven, a few years back. He wow! Didn't,
0: didn't make so it. This but, a fair catch on a punt too. Yes. So if it's if a team, punt.
1: I get what you're saying. If a team got
0: punts. From the shadow of its own end zone, mm-hmm. and you call for a fair catch at the 40 yard line. Yes. You then. Really? You yes. can then.
1: Why? I have no idea. I would not have gotten that. Why uh, can't they try to block the field goal? Because that's
0: the NFL rule, Phil. How about this I, that, We might need to cut that one out. That doesn't. Okay, go ahead. What's the <laughs> next That's
1: changing the rule. <laughs> that's changing right, I
0: think we'll give Dave a point and write that down. We have to get four correct to
3: correct yeah it's not going well I thought you'd get that one all right let's say the Vikings are attempting an extra point okay Vikings are attempting an extra point the kick is blocked blocked by the Lions but instead of just letting the ball roll around a lion picks it up at say the three yard line and in his attempt to run it back he actually goes back into his own end zone to avoid a defender and is tackled inside his own end zone are you with me yes what's the result of the play
0: it's not a. It would not be a safety.
1: So he, I'm, uh, John,
0: I'm going to say it would. It would just be, the result of the play would just be, no. The extra point is missed. That's the end of the play. All right, I'll agree with that. It
3: is, is it a, a safety, safety oh, but God. the Vikings would get one point. It is not two points
1: for the safety. It is one point. I feel like this right that done was very unfair. What? That
3: apparently has never, <laughs> ever happened in an NFL game. So, but it did happen in the last decade or so in a college game.
1: <laughs> why does the NFL need pages, pages of Warner rules of like this? <laughs> this? This is why these poor officials are throwing the hanky constantly. They're so they're paralyzed by this crap. All
3: right. This is one you will hear every once in a while. You can get this one. Simple question. What is it called if a defensive player, say a defensive tackle, yep. while lined up for a play, starts yelling, Hut, hut, hut! To try to screw up the offense. What is that like, called?
1: That's on like conduct. That's a, a different, w- uh, different wording. It,
0: so the question is, we have to we have you figure out what the call- penalty is. Huh? Yes. Yeah.
1: What's the name of the penalty? Yeah, because yeah. they put the rule in like two, th- two years ago, I think. I don't
0: that- know what the rule is called. I
1: just know mm-hmm. that you can't do that. It's called Disconcerting Signals. <laughs> Oh yeah, I have heard that. That's happened in
0: my relationship, All probably right. years before. You know, where you, you're not quite on the same wavelength. That's called Thursday. Well, yeah.
3: Dave scores on a write that down. Let's keep going though. God. Marcus Sherrill's is deep players. to receive a kickoff. Okay, sure is. ball is kicked near the sideline, as Sherrill's is going to scoop the ball up. It's already hit the ground. He is he is, his feet go out of bounds. Yep. He then touches the ball, which is still in bounds. Cheryl's feet out of bounds. He touches ball, which is still in the field of play. What's the result of the play?
1: It's a penalty, right? Because you can't you can't go out of bounds and then either come back in and try and make a play or touch the ball and play. I feel like this
0: happens quite often. Like this has definitely happened before. Yeah. Right? Um, I thought it was a penalty. So it would just be a illegal touching penalty. Mm.
3: It's actually a kickoff out of bounds. The ball would be placed at the forty-yard line, just as if it had been kicked out of bounds. Uh, either way.
0: So if he if he had a, a really long leg, oh, this happened. He could just hold season. his leg out of bounds where he fields the kick five yards inbounds, yes. and yeah. it's out of bounds. Who did,
1: Correct. Who did that happen? That happened in like week two or three of this season. Somebody exploited that rule. And it was seen as being very, very smart. Well, nice of you to I figure it out. You're 0 for 4. That.
3: Can you guys get one of the five wow. right? These, in these fairness, are, this is really difficult. These are very difficult. All right. The Vikings are lined up to punt. Two seconds left to go in the first half. Okay. Line up to punt. Atlanta charges the punt. They send everybody to block, but don't get the ball. Bunt, uh, punt is kicked away nice and cleanly. Vikings touch the ball down at the 22-yard line, whatever it is. What happens next? By the way, there's 0 seconds left on the clock now.
0: So they so the Vikings get a punt off, touch uh, the, the ball down with 0 seconds out. left to go in the first half. I would think that the half is over, the but half. there's a reason why this is a trick question. Atlanta gets an untimed down. Why?
3: Because it is actually illegal for the kicking team, the punting team, to touch the ball right. before the receiving team. It is not a penalty, you, but it is a violation you, of the rules.
1: You just put on a clinic. I want my hands on that rule book. Honest to God, I'm going to rip out 84 pages. <laughs> Seriously, this this the is teams why teams know fishy. that. Like if that happens, but it's un- it's stupid. The, the, it's stupid. The half should just end. Like so, what do no you do if you're a rule? defense?
0: You just let the ball sit there until the ref blows it dead? I guess so. There's but a, if you touch it, then the other team gets to throw a Hail Mary. There's It no, doesn't make any sense.
1: But there's no reason for that rule. Like <gasps> that, that rule is why I want to be in charge of the rule book.
0: Well, congratulations to Dave for stealing an easy write that wow. down. That was I a, should have said you'd get 0 icing, That, was, that yeah. was
1: a BS
3: victory. I you guys knew football just a little bit, but I guess not. Apparently not, not no.
0: Uh, Tiger no, I, shoots a
3: 69 yesterday. He's just about to tee off for round two. The odds of him winning the Masters, boys, after just one round of golf, according to Bavada, <laughs> went from 66 to one. They were cut in half. He is now 33 to one to win the Masters. That's I can't right. even play the Go Broken ahead, Hero Open anymore. Everyone's that's buying right. it. Go ahead, Phil. Wait, that's
0: Vegas, right? That's Vegas. That's Bavada, yes, that's so they, Vegas. They're not in the emotional. Like they don't get caught up in emotions. We can they talk just, to
3: Furman about it in 15 minutes. In fact, we should. Yep. <gasps> Unbelievable. Uh, Rob Gronkowski uh, is a member of the Patriots, who play the Bills this week. You guys have seen the Bills Mafia tailgaters and all the wacky things they do. Well, they choke slam
0: each other through flaming tables. They yes. like to yeah. go
3: through tables. That's the big thing with the Bills Mafia. Gronk was asked, uh, hey, ever been through a table?
0: Did you ever go through any tables?
2: Uh, not at a tailgate, but I've been through tables before, for sure.
0: In what setting?
2: Uh, like family get togethers, I've definitely been growing up through tables.
3: That's awesome. It's
0: completely believable, isn't it? That oh. they're
1: just like power bombing each other through tables. Yeah. I would be disappointed if I went to a Gronk family Christmas and they didn't go through tables, I'd be very disappointed. Like, that sounds like. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, mm-hmm. somebody goes through a table. All right, Phil's just about to geek out because Tiger just had his first drive. What happened here, Phil? Tiger
0: just striped one right down the middle of the fairway on the first hole. Uh, looks like that's going to run about 390 Jeez. yards. A little a little chip up the hill in for an eagle here on this par four. He's so,
1: sporting a little old man punch these days, though.
0: It's not. It's a, it's a windy day. I don't. He he looks as strong. Gosh, you offended Phil, right there. <laughs>
1: it's not. He's not
0: fat. <laughs> he's not paunchy. You're think, fat. I don't think he's pudgy. I think it's just windy he's and, and the shirt's pie. puffy. It's, okay. it's like the pirate shirt in it, Seinfeld. It's, okay. it's Just little. You're the first
3: pirate. Little baby belly. Can we talk about uh, the Tennessee Volunteers?
0: Yeah. What's oh, the latest there? Th- so they just. Fired uh, He fired John AD. AD.
3: Yesterday, apparently, he met with Mike Leach in LA. But even more important than that, by the way, the uh, the big rock that they paint on campus today says home of the Tennessee Browns. Yeah. Which I don't know, is that more mean to Tennessee or the Browns? That's really tough at this point. Yeah. But a reading from the Twitter account of Chip Scoggins. Oh,
0: yeah. wait, this is beautiful.
3: 9 18 a.m. this morning. Yes. I mean honestly i don't even know what to say anymore i don't know whether to laugh or cry or just sing rocky top as loud as possible to make myself feel better
1: (laughs) that poor Poor man man. i tweeted chip back i said you know we believe or lots of us do that god prepares us for things right (laughs) and i always said never
3: gives us more than we can handle
1: and i always said chip I always wondered why the good Lord made you cover Gopher football for so long. (laughs) We're finding out why. God looked at Chip and said, you are going to have to be prepared for what's going to go on with your Vols. What better way than to be around the Gopher football program for years and years to accept what's going on with the Vols?
0: This this AD, is it John Curry that got fired, right? How incompetent do you have to be at a pretty prominent SEC school to bungle it this badly? To, go, to not think about the backlash of Greg Schiano either as a coach or the Penn State stuff, and then just go door-to-door around the country from North Carolina State to Purdue to L.A., and it all plays out very publicly, and now he gets removed. It is, uh, it's glorious. You it's got, a disaster.
1: You got turned down by the NC State coach, and the Duke coach said, I'm never coming there. I'm staying at Duke. These things are incomprehensible. Yeah. Woo!
0: Yes, uh, yes, they are. Todd Furman will join us in just a few minutes here to discuss our weekly NFL picks, Vikings and Falcons. We can talk about those tiger odds as well. And superstar Mike Morris in the noon to talk Vikings football. It's Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie. First of all, you're wrong about Bundy. Bill, you're wrong about Bundy. No. Oh.
2: Judd Zolgad.
0: Judd freaking Zolgad.
2: <laughs> He's a problem.
3: Attitude, it's destroyed everything of our sports culture.
2: Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
3: All right, here's what you do if you want to win a 55-inch TCL Roku TV. You join Johnny Height tomorrow at Sports Page in Bloomington. He'll be out there from 3 to 5 for the ultimate college football viewing party with Dosakis. Enjoy an ice cold one and register to win that brand new 55-inch TCL Roku TV. But game day over everything this college football season. With Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs, all the details at fifteen hundred espncom dot that sports page in Bloomington tomorrow, three to five with Johnny.
1: We probably should have kept him off IR. I mean, the way he's uh, coming along. I mean, he, some of these balls he's throwing, accuracy wise, and, and you know everything that a quarterback has to do is, is pretty remarkable. Was
0: Clay Matthews saying that maybe the Packers shouldn't have put Aaron Rodgers on injured reserve. Now. Uh, they could beat the the Bucks and the Browns without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they if they went toe-to-toe with the Steelers, with Brett Hundley, mm-hmm. they should be able to have a fighting chance against the Bucks or the Browns. Mm-hmm. So if we give them those two wins, just to play out the scenario that we've brought up before uh, on the show, they'd still have to—there's so many one, two, and three loss teams in the NFC. They'd need a lot of help. So I don't even know if it's worth bringing Rodgers back, you know. Even if they win these next two games, but yep. Eagles are ten and one. So the the division leaders are all untouchable for the Packers, who have six losses. They're all two, one, two, and three loss teams. So let's so those are four teams that are in. Um, then you have Panthers at three losses, mm-hmm. and Seahawks and Falcons both at four losses. That you'd have to climb over Lions at five losses. So you'd have to basically make up at least two games in the last month of the season here on the Falcons or you know whatever it looks like there right uh, So you'd have to you'd have to you'd have to climb over the Falcons and the Seahawks, let's say who are both seven and four and you're uh, sitting at five and six but if you got to seven and six and they
1: lost a game in there, things could get kind of interesting and so ESPN reporting that uh, that Rogers is gonna actually practice uh tomorrow 45 days after the surgery. When the Badgers were in town, let's just say I talked to some people close to the situation, and I was told that Rodgers has made it very clear if they have any sniff of playoff potential, he will come back and play. So his plan is to play if they are in it. Mm-hmm. Now, now I guess the question becomes, okay, if they are mathematically holding on by a thread, would would he come back and play? And the only thing I keep coming back to is this isn't akin to the last time he was hurt because that time it was his non-throwing shoulder collarbone. This is his throwing shoulders, so this could be a bigger problem. But that being said, it sounds like he is adamant about trying to come back and play if they have any playoff hopes left.
0: Yeah, I think wow, the the buzzkill would be if he comes back, and they're, they're pretty much out of it, but mathematically still in it, so he decides to come back and the Vikings are fighting for home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs in Week 16, yes. and they have to face Aaron bleeping Rodgers instead of Brett Hundley, and they wind up losing, and thus they have to go on the road. He could still derail the Vikings by just making them go on the road for the NFC Championship game. Sure. So I wonder if you told him that, hey, there's like a 5% chance you make the playoffs, but you could prevent the Vikings from playing
1: a home Super Bowl. Do you know I wouldn't do it? I wouldn't do it because of that defense. And I wouldn't do it because... um this to me i let the packers sit there and i let them play with uh with hundley for the rest of the year and then i go back once again to ted and say i'm going to come back next year and you're going to do something this time you're finally going to do something
0: yeah i think it's in the it's in the packers best interest to lose every game possible i mean if 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 they if they finish let's say they win a couple games here and then rogers comes back and they and they get from five wins up to seven or eight now you're not even drafting in the top ten. Right. This is a rare opportunity to lose the rest of your games while Aaron Rodgers is on the mend. Go five and eleven in a wasted loss season. Yep. And have the number five overall pick and also and get a franchise changing defensive player.
1: And also finally say, go out and sign a couple guys, you cheap SOB. Yeah. But hey, good
0: for the Vikings. They get to watch the Packers sit there and suffer and uh and toil Packer fans as a non player
1: that's the good thing. Packer fans taking yeah. it very, very well. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Uh, let's come back and make our picks, our weekly NFL picks and our Vikings-Falcons pick. We'll make it official against the spread when we come back. Todd Furman from the Bet the Board podcast, regular guest on this show for a number of years. We'll do that when we come back.